What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. SRN Survival Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics. Real talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. March the 1st, 2015. Welcome to another show. How are you doing, Alicia? I can't complain. How are you? Uh, you hear my voice, don't you? <laughs> They got me again. They got me again. Uh-oh. I have to find a new line of work or something. Yes. Yeah, so my whole house is sick right now. Um, can't wait till this weather changes. You know, we snowed all last week. Um, we were probably open just a couple of days because uh, the snow was really bad. We had like eight inches. So, exactly. Yeah, eight, eight inches, and it was um, it was terrible. So needless to say, I'm I'm stuck with a cold right now. I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go to Washington, D.C. to talk to Congress and some of their staff on their health committees to try to get yeah. some new legislation passed for kidney disease. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Your weekend was pretty good? I can't complain. I really cannot complain. I was actually able to get out of the house. <laughs> I know. That was a good thing. <laughs> Did you go to church today? You know, I was able to get out the house to have our church anniversary last night, came mm-hmm. to the driveway and could not get the car. The car was stuck. Oh. But I did live stream it, so I got my okay. service. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Well, we have a great show. I just want to tell everybody that we have a new segment. Actually, beginning today, uh, we have a couple of new segments starting up today. Alicia Brown is going to start her first segment today. And then next Sunday, we have our own Donnell Lattimore, who's going to do his segment. And I've already actually done my segment in January, but I'm going to do um, the second part um, on the 15th, I believe. Um, All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about the new thing that we have going on our website. Our website, as you know, is forever growing. I'm always adding new ways that people can get interactive. Um, If you don't know that, um, letspaceitradio.com, you can go on there now. You can also um, chat live with me if you want to ask any questions while we're talking to our guest today. If you have any questions, you can go on, and there's a a way that you can chat with the host. Um, So feel free. You can chat through there, or you can chat through our Facebook page. But we just added a new feature. It's called Our Five Cents. And that's because between the four of us, we have so much knowledge um, and experience that we can offer. So um, we already have one person that wrote us in that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But anything from love and relationships to fashion and lifestyle management, anything. Some of yes. I guess you would say like the Dear Abby column. Um, we have a page that's called Our Five Cents, 
and um, you can just go up there, leave a message, and we're going to – I go through them all the time. Um, if anything particularly piques our interest, um, we'll notify you and we'll answer it right here on the show. So you can go to the website, letsfaceitradio.com, and let's see what you have. The one that we chose today actually um, kind of coincides with the topic for our show today, which is power of forgiveness. Um, Alicia actually found our guest has a remarkable, remarkable story um, awesome. to hear about in just a little bit. I know. Wow. Um, but I, I want to read the letter that the person, I don't know if it's a male, male or female, um, but I'll read it. It says, Dear Host, I was bullied from second grade all through school. In junior high, the abuse was both physical and emotional, and it happened on a daily basis. My parents' response was that maybe I was the problem. I'm going to read that again. My parents' response was that maybe I was the problem, and if I wasn't, people would stop picking on me. What in the world? That's the letter for another day. Um, What would have have been my 10-year high school reunion was two weeks ago. Needless to say, I didn't go. Since the reunion, however, I have received more than 30 messages via Facebook from former classmates. It seemed I was the main topic of the conversation at the reunion, mainly because everyone apparently wanted to apologize to me. I don't know how to respond to these people. While I don't doubt their sincerity of their apologies, I truly don't want to have any contact with them, even on Facebook. At the same time, I don't want to be rude and just ignore them. So far, I haven't replied to any of their messages. I want to, I want to know if I must, and if so, what I should say. To be honest, I like to tell them all to go to hell, but I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Sign lost for words. Huh. That's a big one. <clears throat> That's a big one. What would you say? Oh, I want to hear what you would say. <laughs> Um, well, you know, there's two different sides to me. I'm a Taurus the Bull, so I have two different. I have a nice side and I have a side when you have really ticked me off. So I really yeah, don't know. That's why we get along. Um, <laughs> being that this is ten years later, uh. I mean, cause, I mean, I was like I said in high school, I was really quiet. I really didn't even have. I had maybe two friends in high school. I was an introvert in high school. So um, this actually could have been me. It's not me, but it could have been me. Um, and I have people now that um, reach out to me through Facebook, um, and I, I'll accept their friend request. Um, it's just, you know, you have to move beyond it. Um, the big thing about forgiveness that I've had to learn from myself in all my situations, um, because the, the earlier me, the younger me, probably would have cut them out, gave them a, a few other words <laughs> than what she said, told them to go to hell. Okay. But as I've got, gotten older and matured, um, I, I, I've learned the necessity for forgiveness, because it's really not about them. Yeah. Um, and it's not even about letting them off easy um, or excusing what they did. Forgiveness is really about you. It's about um, resolving a matter Ooh. for yourself, because harboring that bitter resentment will actually eat you alive. It will yes, raise Lord. your blood pressure, um, not, to, not to mention what it do for you um, spiritually. Yeah. So, um, able to say, you know, I forgive you. I don't necessarily have to deal with you anymore. Which um, I wouldn't even, if, if if they're not even to the point where they can move beyond it, I wouldn't have even accepted their um, friend re- friend request. There's oh. a lot of people sitting over my my Facebook waiting for me to you know enter approve or accept. Um, oh, who I have I have no no plan on doing so um, because you know whether or not I forgive you or not, that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not I plan to 
continue a relationship with you in the future. Because, oh. um, like I said, that's purely for myself. I'm being selfish in that point. I'm forgiving you because I need to get this weight off my shoulders. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what I have to say. Okay. Well, you know I agree with a lot of what you said. But mm-hmm. my thing is Mr. and Mrs. Dear Lost for Words. What I want to ask is are you good with you? And are you good yeah. at what about what happened to you? Yeah. Um, like you said, both of us have similar stories. It could have been us writing this letter. But my right. thing is, you know, forgiveness is something that you do for yourself. It's not really about that person. Um, because if you're holding those seeds of unforgiveness, then that means that you are liable for whatever those seeds will produce, whatever exactly. fruit they produce in your life. So you don't want to harbor that. And just the question that you're asking, it, it, it's so much, seems like an underlying um, theme here. You know, you have the issues with your parents that blamed you. Like you said, that's a whole other letter. Then you have the issue with these people that were your classmates. Here's the thing I feel about that. It's been 10 years since these people have seen you or had contact with you. Mm-hmm. Now I understand, you know, it might be a few people. But you can't tell me that over 30-something people have never thought about what they did to you all those years, never wanted to make amends and apologize to you before the reunion, and now that they came together, you were the topic of conversation, and everybody wants to reach out on Facebook and say they're sorry. Uh My thing is what it really is, your absence and your silence is sending a message. And that message is that you've moved on, and you're not really concerned about them. For some people, that's a problem because they have something to prove. And, you know, you were waiting for this person to come to the reunion so you could say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Why do they have to be the one to come to you to get the apology that you owe them? So, you know, as I always say with things, pray, ask God to guide you. But make sure that whatever decision you make is one that you can live one, one you can live with. Because if you feel like you don't want any association with them, you don't want anything to do with them, then I think depending on what your answer is, you're going to agonize over that decision because you're just doing something because you think it's the thing to do to be nice. So it's always pray. You might give a response like, you know, thank you, God bless you, and leave it at that. Um, But you're never obligated. You know, like you said, I have plenty of people on Facebook that request me, but it's Facebook. It's a friend request. I don't have to accept that because you right. share a lot on social media. I don't want you to know everything about my business, and that's probably why we're not still connected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Go with God oh, and go man. with your heart, but be authentic. Yeah. Well said, Alicia. Good. You know I always have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have our guest, Mr. Frederick Allman. Um, So you're listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. We'll be right back. ready to lose weight? Why count, track, and worry over every meal? Jenny Craig makes it simple. Just walk into a neighborhood Jenny Craig center or give us a call. You'll meet your dedicated personal consultant who helps you reach your goals. Together, you'll pick out delicious Jenny Craig foods that you'll love and design a menu that fits your life. 
And the best part is that you can get started losing weight right away. Don't wait any longer to take advantage of our best offer ever. Call 1-800-JENNY20 or visit JennyCraig.com. Members following our program on average lose 1 to 2 pounds per week. Offer ends on 329.15. Restrictions apply. Are you looking for a reputable company that offers human resource consulting services, workshops, and speakers for individuals and organizations? Give Miss PDW Enterprises a try. PDW topics cover building your personal brand, job seeker preparation, and business planning workshops. Visit their website at www.misspdwenterprises.com or give them a call at 678-360-4112. Miss PDW Enterprises, LLC, where engagement is key. Be sure to let them know SRN sent you. Thank you for tuning in to the hottest station out, the Survival Radio Network. This award-winning network has over 900,000 downloads with 30 powerful shows hitting the airwaves Monday through Sunday. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and education, this network is for you. Check us out by visiting www.survivalradionetwork.us. Onward to one million. And remember, we do radio. The S-R-N. Welcome back to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. Our guest this evening experienced the absolute most horrific act that you could possibly possibly ever imagine, but he survived. At the age 11, really the unimaginable, I can't even think of anything worse, occurred to him that really totally changed his life forever. And he's here now to share his testimony and how he learned the power of forgiveness. Help me welcome to the show. Mr. Frederick Allman. Welcome to the show, Frederick. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, well, well. <clears throat> so, I just wanted to get into the interview. I was looking over your videos. Um, I read your website. I read your bio. Horrific, horrific. Um, so, the sequel to your first book, I know that you have um, two books out, Scarred for Life, you were Stabbed 39 times and forgave. Please please tell us exactly what happened. Share your testimony um, and how you had to learn the power to forgive. Well, in 1990, uh, well, 1984, on uh, Labor Day weekend, um, a few months before that, that time period, we had just moved to our first house. We never really had our own house. And it was my mother and I, and I had my first room, and so things were looking up, and we had got our first house through Section 8. And so anyway, I remember as I was um, um, waiting for the, the new school year uh, coming up, um, we had a great celebration of a Labor Day weekend celebration. And so after that day or that night, I'm in the um, went to bed, and I was excited to go to school. So I fell asleep, and um, in the, during that night, I heard my mother screaming, and so oh. I jumped up, ran in the room, and there was somebody stabbing my mother. And oh. so I didn't know what to do but screamed out, 
uh, Jesus, and he came running after me. And um, he swung his knife a few times. My mom jumped on him, and then they kept fighting. I ran in my room in the closet, and I didn't know what to do. And I heard my mother screaming. I heard things breaking and shattering and so forth. So I kept praying, and, God, I don't want to die. I want to live. I don't want to die. And eventually I had enough uh, courage to go try to get help. So there, by this time, they're in the living room or dining room area, and so I try to sneak to the phone. And so when I get to the phone, without him noticing me, I try to call my family that lived about a couple blocks away. But every time I tried, the phone did not, um, I could not get a reception. And so by the third third time, burglar saw me, and he started to, uh, he started stabbing me. And he stabbed me until I, until I couldn't move anymore feel any of the stabbing. And, oh, my God. But, but, um, and so I laid there alive, hearing everything with my eyes open as if I was dead. And so mm. um, I heard my mother talk to him and, and try to uh, reason with him, just take anything you want, just let me and my son go. And that just made him more mad. And, and I literally watched him because uh, we was in the living room. I was on one side. She was on the other side. I watched him take my mother's life away, and wow. and he and he continued to stab her even after the fact. I guess just the adrenaline. After he left, you know, he took the valuables. Before he left, he seen my eyes open. He kneeled down, took his knife, cut me on my face to see if I was going to flinch or anything. I didn't feel that either, but I um, I didn't see who he was, and then he left, and. Um, mm. And so later on, uh, after I'm there at home by myself, um, two voices came. One was a negative voice, and it said, just go to sleep. Your life is over. Mm. And so um, I began to fall asleep. Then another voice came, and it said, get up. And I just listened. I I wanted to get up. And so I got up, and his voice was with me the, the rest of the way, and it was like me talking to you on the phone. And his voice told me to go get help. And uh, I had enough strength. Mind you, I was stabbed in the neck, back, different places on my body. But I had enough strength to get up and walk about two houses down to get help. And because this was in a bad neighborhood, they noticed that, you know, I was uh, hurt. And they called the ambulance. When I went to the doctor, after coming out of surgery, I woke up. And the doctor and the um the uh, policemen are talking, and they said that I was going to die in a couple hours. Mm. And so I, I refused to believe what they said. And so so to make a long story short, they said that I wasn't going to talk anymore. They said I wouldn't walk anymore. And, of course, they said I wouldn't live anymore. But they couldn't believe what was happening. They began to call me the miracle child. And so as years later, you know, after things started to get normal again, I um, had a whole bunch of bitterness toward God, toward my own life, toward people, everybody. And so so for four years, I was very bitter, and I almost, uh, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know how to overcome these different things. And so I had, um, I pretty much just gave hope I was going to run away that day, got into a big fight, was going to go to juvenile detention. But things worked out. My aunt let me go stay with my brother, and he was in church 
I started going to church, and that really changed my life. And um, uh, about a, about a, a few months in the church, the same voice, and I believe it was God speaking to me. He said, "Unless you forgive this man, you won't move forward in your life." Mm. And so, and so when 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 I heard that voice, I I felt so good. I trusted, and I did. I forgave, and through that moment, my life just changed. And it, and and it was a continual, a continual work, but that was the beginning of the forgiveness process that happened to me. That is, that is amazing. I mean, I just want to stop right there because that's so much to soak in of what happened. And, you know, one of the biggest problems we have in forgiveness is that we find it really hard to get over what happened to us and how devastated we feel. And we feel like, you know, we've earned the right to not forgive. Mm-hmm. So in your entire ordeal, for those that would ask, didn't you earn the right to not forgive in everything oh. that happens? Uh, it's a good good question because, you know, initially, yes, I felt like I had the right. And, you know, um, one thing I did realize that we all make, we all have a choice to choose which one we want, either forgive or not forgive. But what I did was, just like anything else, I looked at the pros and cons of what forgiveness would do for me, what not being forgiving or not forgiving would do for me. The forgiving or the not, let's start with the not forgiving. Not forgiving will cause for me to be bitter, will cause for me, every time I thought about it, to be depressed, discouraged. Society has already said, once you go through a situation like this, you're going to become like that. So I was supposed to be the next murderer. I was supposed to be the next crazy person. I was, I was statistically, the statistics were saying that I was going to be something negative based upon by me not letting this thing go, and this is how okay. I felt. So, so with forgiveness, it was a releasing. It was letting me know that this thing doesn't. I have power. It is not my. It is not my master. I don't. I can look at it and face it, and I can be something, even though I've been scarred. And so, my my biggest thing was was through my my trust and my belief, which was in in Christ was that from what I understood the Bible was that if I trust him enough, then he will turn around everything that I've gone through and make a success out of it. And so I wanted the success. I did not want my mother's life to end as a tragedy. So if if I had to face my situation and let people know and testify over and over again to prove that her death was not a tragedy, then I'm willing to do that. And so that was the reason, the main reason why I was able to forgive. So, so, so I let go of that choice of not forgiving because there was no, um, there, there was no, there, there was no rewards that was that was suitable for me in my life because I want to still live life. Mm-hmm. And you know that that answer really hints to the power in forgiveness. Yeah. But another thing that I'd like to ask you in in that same, just after hearing that testimony, do you have to forget in order to forgive? And if you can't seem to forget what happened, 
have you truly forgiven? It is impossible to see every day in a mirror. So, so with that said, the concept of forgetting is not realistic. All so, right. so the main thing is I had to receive through forgiveness the strength to say that I'm going to face my reality. And as a matter of fact, by facing it, I'm going to let my reality know that I'm going to draw strength from it versus uh, draw a negative thing out of it. So, so I face my testimony or, or my challenge or my scar by being able to produce something positive out of it. And so that's my that that's the way how how I'm able to get past it. You know, a lot of times we don't want to accept the reality of the situation. Yes, it happened. But am I going to just sit there, be down, constantly go back to the past when my life is passing by? I refuse that for me and my family or anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm sure it took you a while to probably get to that point where you are today. So I, I want to go back a little bit. You said that um, you heard the two voices. So did you grow up in the church? Was your mother? Yeah. Did, did you, you, you didn't. No, I did not. Oh, you did not grow up in the church. Okay. No. So wow. as a young boy, as a young boy at age 11, this happening to you, seeing your mother, this happened to your mother at age 11. Did you go through a period where you ran away from God? Yes. Where you were mad at God, you were mad at the church. Okay. How long did it take you to, to reconcile that? And then what, what what challenges did you have to get through? Good question. Yeah, um, it, it, it took a while. When, when I got out the hospital, um, um, the week before this happened, I went to church for like the first time for the for the for the reasons of actually going to to um to learn about this thing. And then a week later this happened. And so my experience of God is like, God, you gonna let this happen to me? And I mm-hmm. just allowed you to come into my life, then 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 I honestly I was like forget you then. And and so I hated God for a while, for about four years. And in those four years I experienced what unforgiveness meant. And I was bitter, I was discouraged, people talked about me, you know, mm. I talked about my scars, I, I, and, and I would even talk about my own self. I would look at myself, as they say, when people speak things at you, if you don't counterattack it, you will find yourself speaking the same thing to your own self. So I was calling myself stupid, ignorant, all the above. So I never, so I didn't have goals, ambitions, or anything. I thought I was the punishment of being alive. Uh-huh. I wish that my life was over because even my family had challenges of looking at me because of the because they seen my mother and they also seen I had a trachea yeah. in my neck. I couldn't talk out of my mouth for a little while, and I mean it, it was it was tough. I felt like the ugly duckling, and. Mm-hmm. And never did I believe that that I could be confident or considered beautiful or anything. I thought I was done. And so for years, after even after I started going to church and when I had my experience, I kind of, and this is what we do, I pretty much, I pretty much put that to the side. I try to ignore it. I try to not think about it anymore. And and so eventually, through the years. 
They kept coming back. And then I finally realized that there was actual purpose in it. Mm-hmm. So what, what was the recovery like? So you keep mentioning the scars. So you have visible scars that we can see that aren't covered with clothing. Yes, I have scars on the left side that looks like uh, it's keloids on the left side of my face. Um, I have a crooked smile, and my, you know, and um, I have a couple scars on my arms and so forth. And I have a hole that 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 uh, you know in my neck because of the trachea and and as well as the surgery that they did. So it's two lines, one on each side of my neck of where they had to do surgery. You know. Um, to recover or to heal my body. Wow. Wow, indeed. And, you know, to me, your testimony has always been so compelling because I think it just shows that almost in any circumstance, if not in any circumstance, there is always the ability to forgive and there's power in forgiving. There's an incentive when you do forgive and you you let those things go. But for the listeners out there that are saying, you know, I I hear your testimony, but you don't know my story, you don't know my pain, I just can't let it go. What resources would you say, in addition to church perhaps, um, what advice would you give them um, in how they can go through their process of healing, Um, you know, therapy or, or lawyers and everything that goes in that entire process as you're trying to not only heal but also to seek, I guess, not revenge, but you, you want justice for the person that actually committed this crime. Yes. I mean, uh, honestly, it, it's, 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 um, you can go to counselors. You know, of course, you can go to lawyers for all the, the different things like that. But after all of that, unless I follow through what someone tells me, it is not going to do nothing. Mm. And, and and so my whole point is, I can talk to many counselors. They can tell me what to do. They can put me on a program and everything else. But unless I actually do something in action, it is not going to do anything. Yes. And so I would encourage the person to go ahead if you, they feel as if they need to go to a counselor or whatever. That I, I would I would encourage them to do that. But the main thing is, we cannot act like it never happened. And you need to be able to talk to somebody that you know is going to be able to understand and be able to give you uh, 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 some type of encouragement that will cause for you to move in a in a way that it will help your life versus hurt your life. You know, one of the things that was hard for me is that, you know, you know, sometimes sometimes even in the Christian church we sometimes Act like that we don't have feelings, uh-huh. and and we don't become sad, or we don't become dis- uh, discouraged or depressed. Yes, and and honestly, we do. And so once I realized that, that there's a scripture that says that 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 He cares for us. And the thing yes. is, when I understood that, it made me realize that 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 God cares that when I'm depressed when I'm sad, and he wants me to let those things out and to let him know that these things, they do hurt. And so and so those things, you know, I, will, I always tell people, just just be honest with yourself. And like like um, 
like Mr. Will said, it does take time. It's a every day. Even though I've overcome, I still am overcoming. It's, it doesn't stop until I die. Okay. Because, you know, so many, when it, when it becomes that process, they feel like you're supposed to get to a point, and that's yeah. it. Everything is good. You know, I can even get to the point where I forget it or repress it, and everything is just happy. But I'm glad you mentioned that there is a process. It's not overnight. You have to go through it, and then it's a continual process. Because yeah. I imagine there are different moments, different things that trigger memories, um, holidays, you're thinking about different times you spent that really must bring back some of the pain and hurt. Yes. But why did you decide to share your testimony? Well, like I said earlier, it's it's many reasons, but one of the main reasons, you know, um, I, I know that God kept me alive for a reason, yeah. and, and, that, and that my mother's life, means everything to me, and I refuse to live a life of hopelessness of with her name in my life, my name in her life, whatever, I refuse to live a hopeless life. And so in that said, my my way of giving back is letting people that have been scarred, hurt, or injured, whatever, to let them know, look, I've overcame. And I'm here to set an example so that you can see somebody that's alive right now that have overcame too. And so and so even though I don't get excited or happy about telling my life story, because it does hurt, hurts even now, but the reason why I do it, it's, it's a burning conviction that I am purposed to live to let people know that you can overcome your situation based upon what you decide to do with it. And through his forgiveness, it's caused for me to be a whole different person. Once I forgave, it took a while, but now I have goals, ambitions. I don't consider myself as being ugly. You know, I'm beautiful in the sight of God, and there's yeah. a lot of things that happens. And so I would encourage the person, you know, that, that you can. You can, but it's just going to take some work. Hmm. All right. So you're not a victim, but a victor. Right. All right. And at what part, because I'm trying to get the timeline right. So this happened to you at 11. When did you, because you're a minister today, when did you go into the ministry? Wow. Um, it, it's been about, I was um, around 20, 21 years old. Okay, so about 11 years after this happened. Yes, sir. Okay. And what are you doing today? I know that you have well, a, ph- a phenomenal ministry. I was reading your bio. What, what are you doing today? Well, today I am a basketball coach. I also, you know, I am an um, a elder slash minister at the church that I attend locally. I work on uh, Fort Eustis. I was in the Army, and I'm a, I'm a um, government employee now doing the same okay. stuff, uh, HR, supervisor. I also have, I'm an author, and I just try to help out in the community as much as I can. Awesome. So God yeah. just really expanded your platform so that in every yeah. capacity in which you work, you're always helping somebody else. 
yes, it's 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 part of who I am, I guess. You know, I, I have a question. I have a question. Did they ever find the person who did this? Yes, good question. Now, if they found him the next day, he was 17 years old. He wow. was. He uh, they found him in the emergency room because he had injured himself from the from the attack of what he did to us. Yeah, and uh, the reason of the reason why he did it, he said that he was having a bad day. Wow. Was he wow. under the influence or something? Did they say? Um, they said it was drug drug related. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the high on PSP, I believe, or. Wow. Oh my God! Wow! And what was his punishment? His punishment was, uh, I think it was seventeen years to life, and uh, he has not—he has not been released because it's been over seventeen years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's still in. Wow. wow. Well, you know, we could go on and on about this because, like you said, you have two books. And our listeners are going to want to know exactly how they can hear more, how they can read the books, where do they get the books, and how can they get in contact with you? Yes, um, the the easiest way is my website, www.scarredtolive.com, or they can even call me. Um, I'll put my number at 757-846-7148, and um, those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Okay. And, and I'm also on Facebook as well. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead and list those on our website as well for you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Frederick, for sharing your testimony um, and, and teaching us how we can learn the power of forgiveness. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network. We'll be right back with Elise Brown, special segment. All right. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Tired of applying for jobs only to get turned down because of the economy or lack of a degree? 
What if you can qualify to work for those same Fortune 500 companies without worrying about a degree and work them from the comfort of your home? With JP Employment Services, LLC, enjoy the benefits of making your own hours, enjoy more free time, and earn a great salary. For details, call 678-835-7371. That's 678-835-7371. Or go to www.jpemployment.com. Must be able to pass a background check and certification. Call JP Employment today. Such a good song, you have to play it twice. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the March 1st, 2015 edition and debut of Real Talk with Alicia Brown. I'm Alicia Brown, and this segment is devoted to discussing current topics, trends, and real-life issues to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to live your best you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. That's from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. You know, as we navigate this journey called life, we have to understand our limits and know what they are. So tonight's theme is knowing your limits, and I can't think of a better place to start than with the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. Now I want to give a disclaimer that I did not see the movie, but I did read the trilogy. I had so many people from work that were just talking about it, and I wanted to know what all the hype was about. I've read, I have a few insights, and if you don't like spoilers, I apologize in advance. One of the first lessons that I learned from that trilogy is that there's always warning signs, but often we ignore what they are. If you think about past relationships, you can look back and see certain warnings that you should have took advantage of. Now, the lead character in this movie, Anastasia or Anna Steele, you know, she's a 22-year-old virgin a poor college student, when she meets the lead male role, Christian Grey. You know, he is described as he's intense, he's arrogant, he's a control freak, but then he's also charismatic, he's influential, extremely wealthy, and he's drop-dead gorgeous. Also, he enjoys all the pleasures of life with no limits due to his immense wealth. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like the devil in disguise. But then again, maybe you didn't get that as a red flag, but later in the week, Mr. Christian Gray will walk into the hardware store where Anna works, and he says he's in town on business and he needs a few things. Incidentally, the few things he needs were cable ties, duct tape, and rope. Now, I know you're saying, oh, well, you know, maybe he was working on a project. Well, he was working on the project, and the project is you. Or in this case, it was Anastasia. You know, the truth of the matter is he had a P.I., and you know that because he has money. So by this time, he knows where to find her. He knows where she goes every day, what time, even right down to probably what she eats for breakfast. Now, that's what money, power, influence, and a little bit of being a psychopath can actually get you. 
This brings another one of life's lessons. He's sizing up his prey. And one of the mistakes that the lead female character, Anna, makes is that when they go on a coffee date later in that week, she tells them everything. Um, She talks about how her mother is living with her fourth husband. Oh, her father died when she was young. And then her stepfather that stepped in and took that role of a dad. All of that translates to daddy-daughter issues. So now Kristen Gray, he knows that she's got these issues based on the interview of how naive and how shy she was and how much she blushed when he asked her certain questions. It's the perfect recipe for manipulation and domination. Now, the truth of the matter is that every day people are always sizing us up. I don't care if it's a business meeting, on your job, social media, even where you go each morning to get your cup of coffee. You always need to be careful how much information you share and what you say to people because there's always someone, in a sheep, in, you know, they say a wolf in sheep's clothing, um, that's looking at you, sizing you up for what you can do for them. And then they're looking for that perfect opportunity or that perfect angle of how to get that from you. Now, also, another life lesson here is that you need to listen to what people tell you and then what they don't tell you. Now, he asked her if she had a boyfriend, and she answered. But then when she asked him if he had a girlfriend, he said, I don't do the girlfriend thing. And when she tried to kiss him at the end of the date, he refused her, and he warned her to stay away from him because he was not the right guy for her. One of my favorite writers, Maya Angelou, says it best. When people show you who they are, believe them. And I think someone later added, believe them the first time. Too often we're trying to convince people they're wrong. You know, you're not like what you said you were. Um, You know, you're a good person, and I'm guilty of telling people that myself. But in situations where you're just meeting people or it's a new relationship, you need to take note and listen to what they're telling you. Do more listening and less convincing. You have to know your limits. Another thing that just blew my mind in the trilogy was the fact that Anna went out with her good girlfriend. They were celebrating the end of the college season and getting to graduation. And she calls Christian Gray, and she wants to ask him why he sent her this very expensive gift that was worth thousands of dollars. Of course, he can tell she's drunk, and he demands to know where she is. And next thing you know, he's pulled up, and he's running to the rescue. Now, personally, I think that little damsel in distress thing And, you know, she's innocent and unsuspecting, and he's her hero. That's a little bit played out. But also what's shocking, she wakes up the next morning in his hotel room, and she can tell that she's been undressed and has a change of clothes. He comes in and tells her, you know, we didn't have sex, but, you know, you had vomit on your clothes, so I took them out to be cleaned. That's another point in knowing your limits, and I want to use this as a disclaimer. I'm not saying that a rape victim is ever at fault or the crime that is, is put on her or him is ever okay. But know your limits and don't place yourself in vulnerable positions. Because in this case, not only does he know things about you when you talk too much, but in your drunken stupor, he even knows things about you with no clothes on from head to toe. And truthfully, who really knows what he did while you were unconscious? Now, another thing where he goes in for the kill, he talks about about that expensive gift that she initially called and asked him about. And he says it was an apology. 
because he can't seem to stay away from her despite the fact that he doesn't want a romantic relationship. This is also a point where you need to press pause. It's a new relationship regardless of where you think this is going to go. And he's clearly told you several times what he does not want. So you need to, as a person, know your limits and know what foundation you stand on. This is your opportunity to tell this person, and it doesn't always have to be a romantic relationship, what your expectations are. And then you need to ask yourself, are you just along for the ride, or do you have expectations, and are they clear? Because if you're just along for the ride, that person can take you anywhere. You can go with the flow. You can let them be in the driver's seat. But if you're a person with certain morals and values, desires, visions, needs, this is the point where you need to let them know that. You need to let them know what type of relationship you intend to have before you go forward. Now, again, that's true. It doesn't have to be a love interest. That's true in business. That's true in a lot of different areas of your life. Because if you don't set those standards and those expectations clearly in the beginning, it can lead to tragic and painful results. Now, of course, I could go on and on, but some other points I want to say from this movie. In knowing your limits, you must know how to separate reality from fantasy. Now, in the fantasy world, if we're going to use this story as a premise, Yeah, you could be an innocent virgin that's lured away by this rich, powerful man. You know, you're going to offer him up your virginity. And even though he's not into having a relationship and love and everything, the power of your love is going to win his heart. And you're going to ride off in the sunset, and you're going to live happily ever after. But in reality, when you give someone something that's sacred and treasured, Some might say it's one of the best parts of you and the expectations that maybe they will appreciate that and give you back what you want. Nine times out of ten, you'll end up feeling hurt, used, and broken. Now, if you really look at the main character and you separate the fantasy part, since he's a man of such immense wealth and he's used to having what he wants, your best is going to mean absolutely nothing to him. As special you are, As unique and exquisite you are and designed by God, your best is always going to mean nothing to certain people, especially if you give it to them too easy. Another point from this book, and this is a part I couldn't believe that so many people didn't even mention. She was asked to sign a contract or a non-disclosure agreement. Matter of fact, When he asked her to sign this agreement was after, you know, he had had this magical helicopter ride. They had a couple glasses of wine. He took her back to this luxury apartment. And, of course, he's exposing her to all the things that she has never been exposed to before. And then he drops the bomb and says, I have something to show you. But before I show it to you, I need you to sign this non-disclosure agreement because, you know, I don't want you to talk to anyone or tell anybody about what I'm about to show you. You have to be careful because the truth is in life you're always signing a contract, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. You know, whether it's a partnership, whether you're entering a new relationship, whether you're accepting a job offer, even some memberships and organizations, there is always a contract on the table. So what you need to do is ask, what am I signing my rights away to, 
And in some situations, you might be signing away your literal life. And then again, we go back to that principle. Believe what people tell you and believe them the first time. Because as he's leading her to this room, which is his bondage and his sex toy room, he tells her, you can leave at any time because what I'm about to show you might scare you. In reality, she should have been scared long before now. Though she missed all the red flags, she definitely should have been scared when someone was asking her to sign a non-disclosure agreement for something she doesn't even know what they're going to show her. And they're telling you, you can leave at any time because what I have to show you, it might scare you. Don't let curiosity lead to your death and destruction. Run as fast as you can and don't look back. Also with Fifty Shades of Grey, this is a lesson to not let the media fool you because there's always an audience for everything, and we know that sex sells. If there's a profit, they're going to show it. And did you ever notice that the lead role in this movie is not a female dominatrix? I mean, we're really going to talk about the BDSM lifestyle. There's a lot of women out there that do the same acts that Christian Grey did to Anna and worse, and they get paid thousands of dollars an hour to do them. But that's not the spin that the media wanted here. Did you ever wonder why the movie was rated R instead of NC-17, especially with the explicit sex scenes that the book describes? Well, you know, if it was NC-17, then children under 17 would be permitted to watch the movie. And, of course, we want to over-sensationalize and sex up our teens and our young adults as soon as possible. So why not have a bunch of teenagers with full of hormones have a movie ticket to see this? Also remember that nothing is that innocent. Matter of fact, we just had a crime where a 19-year-old college student was actually arrested for trying to have acts and demonstrate those with another 19-year-old college student. Now, he believed it was consensual because um, he didn't stop, even though she asked him to. Nothing is really just harmless entertainment. There's always going to be some seeds that take root somewhere. Now, realistically, most of our frustrations in life come from the fact or when we don't know our limits. Now, I know Fifty Shades of Grey is an extreme example, but sometimes we're willing to compromise too much or we're going to give someone else something because we hope they will give us what we want or we need. When we don't know our limits, and don't stand on a firm foundation, will fall for just about everything. You will never get to be everything to everybody. So know your limits. Know what foundation you stand on. Know your values and know what is important to you. And then when you have people like the Christian grades or there's some money or there's some type of camouflage or some type of bait, you won't fall for it. Because you'll know your limits, you'll know your firm foundation, and you'll know your standards and your expectations. And not only will you know it, but you will make those known to everybody you come in contact with. So, this has been Real Talk with Alicia Brown. And if you don't know already from this show and previous shows, I have an opinion for pretty much everything in life. So, again, as Will told you earlier in the show, we have five cents. Go to letsfaceitradio.com where you can drop in your five cents and ask us a question. Um, you can also send me an email at alicia, 
which is A-L-E-S-H-A, at letsfaceit.com. If you want to hear some more comments or share your feedback on what I said tonight, feel free to drop me a line there. And now, back to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn. Uh, that was good, Alicia. I just want to make one correction. It's Alicia at letsfaceitradio.com. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, awesome information. So now let me, I just have a question. You said thousands of dollars you can make doing that? Oh, oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thousands? Yes, sir. Okay. That's I'm looking to that. You know, maybe you had to go to that. L.A., but you know. <laughs> you know. You, you can Wonderful. make some money. Don't do okay. it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so for next week, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce next week. But I just want to let everyone know about the, the big month that we have scheduled. <clears throat> um, yes. The 15th, we're going to be talking about human trafficking. On the 22nd, we have the impact of downsizing on the military and how it affects us all. And then the 29th, we have our show on the Illuminati and a new world order. And we're going to have um, Doc Marquis, who is a former member of the Illuminati, who's going to come on and just blow us away with all this information that I thought was fictional. But um, he has quite a bit of information to share with us. So give us us, um, some information about what we can expect next week, Alicia. Whew. Next week (laughs) is an amazing show. Um, you know, we're going to have another segment premiere from our co-host, Tonnell Lattimore. And since he is a musician, his segment is called On That Note. So I am really excited to see, you know, and hear what he's prepared for us. But right before that, we're going to have our show, Why Did I Get Married and Why Can't I Get Married? We have an amazing husband and wife team. Um, They teach marriage enrichment and preparedness to both singles and married couples alike. And I just can't wait to hear um, what they have to, to, what they have prepared for us. Um, Just the information, you know, why can't I get married? And then, of course, on the other end, why did I get married? You know, a lot of times (laughs) we think the grass is greener on the other side, but always not so much so. (laughs) Excellent. So that's next week. Um, Until then, we want you to stay blessed. You're listening to Let's Face It. We're your hosts, Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. Yes. Let's face it. In life, you're going to be faced with many challenges. But the most important choice you will ever make is when you choose to be bold. Be beautiful. Always, always, always make the choice to be you. Until we meet again next week, be blessed. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.
Run to Old Navy for your favorite Old Navy active styles. Compression leggings and Old Navy active pants are just $12 for adults, $10 for kids, two days only, tomorrow and Sunday, at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1516, select styles only. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. While the world whizzes by... Enjoy a moment of me time with Tim Horton's new $6 breakfast bundle. Savor a small hot or iced coffee. Then add your choice of a mouth-watering hot breakfast sandwich mm. and a crispy golden hash brown Ooh. and your pick of a classic donut. Yeah. All for 6 bucks. All just for you. Make your mornings all about me time with our $6 breakfast bundle. Available at your neighborhood Tim Horton's. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.